0: Rethinking Maturity, it's a good place to be together this morning in the presence of the Lord. Our series will end next week when Pastor Dom wraps up, Rethinking Maturity. When Dom asked me uh, a few months ago would I participate in this teaching series, I said to myself, I'm 64, too late for me to start Rethinking Maturity. If they change the rules on me now, I'm really up a creek. So maybe for the younger ones in our midst and the older ones, obviously, it has nothing to do with age. Maturity has nothing to do with age. This morning, we will focus on another expression of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control. And, uh, wow, that's quite a topic, (laughs) self-control. We all have the same nature, don't we? But that lack of self-control expresses itself in different ways, in different people, thank you very much. But we all need to grow in maturity, and it seems that self-control is one of the elements we need to be considering. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Can you see it? Can you visualize it? This proverb from the Bible gives us a pretty scary image of what happens when we lack self-control, like a city where they've broken through the walls. It's like nothing good is going to happen from here, like it's over, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Let's pray. Father, as we gather together this morning, we want to hear from you because probably already you've put the finger you have in my life. In each one of us, you've maybe already pointed something out about self-control issues in our lives. And so, Father, I want to pray for each one of us that we would be encouraged and built up, even in the midst of our struggles. I pray that we would not be like a city with broken walls, but on the contrary, walls that are strong and that protect self and that protect others. Father, I want to pray for those in our midst who have to endure lack of self-control, sometimes from a very close one. I pray, Lord, that they would be encouraged and lifted up this morning. And I pray, Father, for those here in Laval, Quebec, or online, that you would give us hope today, that you are able to do in our lives what we so dearly ask for. In Jesus' name, amen. While Proverbs has much, much more to say about patience and self-control, our text, it's been our text for the whole summer, is a much more recent text. It's only 2,000 years old. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, a lot more recent than Proverbs. So Galatians 5.22 has been our verse of meditation here at the 180. In Laval, Quebec. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. These are the words taken from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Christians in Galatia. While all these words in this verse are important, there is one which I'd like to argue is the most important word in this verse. And it's not self-control, which is our theme this morning. We will get to it. Maybe a little long, but we'll get there. The most important word is not even spirit. That's a very important word in this verse. Fruit, a very important word in this verse. Let's go on to the next slide, which is almost identical, except for the most important word in this verse. B-U-T. But. 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 If I were to really get carried away, and some preachers do get carried away, not me, but some other preachers get carried away, I would say those three letters contain all the good news that anyone ever needs to hear. B-U-T, but. It declares, this little word, that regardless of what is in your life, Regardless of your struggles, of my failures, of my defeats, there is a pathway to victory. But the fruit of the Spirit is. This three-letter word declares that regardless of my inability to live my life like I darn well know I should, there's hope, but the fruit of the Spirit. This three-letter word declares that regardless of my constantly falling off the path, there is a way to get back onto the path. But the fruit of the Spirit is. Regardless of your bad choices, regardless of my hard-headedness, but the fruit of the Spirit in his letter to the Galatians, Paul figured that these Christians in Galatia, they were disciples of Jesus, needed to be confronted. And if you read the whole letter of Paul to the Galatians, he doesn't hold back. He confronts them. However, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Wow, It's not exciting? But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, we don't have to do that. We've been looking at this through the summer. But if you go back and read Galatians, you'll see that all these hard things Paul is saying to the Christians in Galatia, is almost forgotten when you read but the fruit of the Spirit. I like to think there are two kinds of people I hang around with and probably two kinds of people you hang around with too. There are those people, oh, we wish so much they would change, (laughs) but they don't even seem to be aware of the fact that they need to change really bad in this area. And we call them friends often, we love them, but we know that they're just a little ignorant, (laughs) not fully aware of change. But most of the people I hang around with, and I think most of the people here this morning, we darn well know the areas that need to change in our lives. And we want to change, don't we? If we're here this morning gathering on a Sunday morning when there's a thousand other things we could be doing, it's somewhere we have a hope for change. We want to change. In fact, we're willing to come to church every Sunday morning to change. We're willing to do all kinds of things to change. We are committed to being disciples of Jesus. So, let's get on to it. And then we get on to it. And then we... Titan, on sert la vis en français. We become more demanding towards ourselves and towards others. And sometimes it's the, op- the other way around, first to others. Then to- we start raising the bar, we start imposing, we start demanding, we start criticizing, we start judging. Because we are committed to change, eh? I want to change my mom. I want to change my dad. (laughs) I want to change my teenager. (laughs) And so we add rule upon rule upon rule. We're committed. These Christians in Galatia were that kind of people. These are serious Christians. So serious that they've decided that change is going to happen in their lives They're going to walk the way God wants them to walk, and they have this great idea of how they're going to get to it. Paul reminds these Christians in Galatia what the real fruit of our faulted humanity is, what we really do produce when left on our own, be we Christians or not, and it's not very nice fruit. Just before our wonderful verse, but the fruit of the Spirit is, let's now understand how good news that but is because we're going to read a few verses just before, immediately before this verse. So let's uh, change to the next slide. So just before we get there, you, my brothers and sisters, Paul says, so he's talking to, to Christians, calls them brothers and sisters. We're called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, just one, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour the person beside you, you will be destroyed by each other. So, says Paul, I say to you, so walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. It's just not that simple as wanting to get there. But if you, but, but, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. There's something very different here. And so Paul makes a list of what we do produce, you and I. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. There's a long list for you. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In that list that I just read, that I don't want to read again, is a list of everything that is contrary to loving your neighbor as yourself. And then Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We understand that the Christians in Galatia were quite committed to their decision to follow Jesus and to stand out in the... They wanted to be like Jesus. The problem was not there. They didn't lack the motivation. You see, I can be totally devoted to God to get where God wants me to be, but I take a path that doesn't lead me there. This was the problem of the Galatians. And guess what? It is still very much a problem today for Christians. And so the Galatian Christians needed someone to intervene, and Paul writes them a letter, and he confronts them, but he gives them the path, the way, how to get there, the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, God spoke to the Galatian Christians through Paul's writings. The same God would speak today to the 180 church, today to whoever is online and has joined us that way this morning. God is a God who speaks, who intervenes, who corrects, who gives hope, who brings victory and transformation. God needs to speak to me. God needs to speak to us. So the Christians in Galatia had so high standards for themselves and other followers of Jesus, and they figured the most, it's so important to be like Jesus that we're going to demand it. We're going to impose it. We're going to focus on it, and we're going to police it. We're going to make some obligations here. We want it to be clear. What does it take to be a Ministry partner at the 180? Well, let us give you the 180 rules of the 180 church. (laughs) We'll get you there. No, Paul says, no way. The Galatians had like this motto that was something like this, I imagine. Follow Jesus, obey the law. Follow Jesus, obey the law. Follow Jesus, obey the law. Both almost as important as one as the other. They had come under the influence of a Jewish background. For them, it was the Hebrew law. Okay, we love Jesus, we're following Jesus. Let's make sure we obey to every jot and tittle of the Hebrew law. And Paul's whole epistle to the Galatians is saying, no way, that is not God's way. What's the most important word? In Galatians five twenty two, but the fruit of the spirit. This is the way of God. Paul says you're on a wrong pathway here. Let's go on to the next verse. <coughs> um, maybe back backtrack. I've, there we go. Maybe you had already seen this. I hadn't. <laughs> Paul basically says, no, it's not the way law, obeying the law will lead to transformation, and then finally, God will appear in your life. No, Paul is saying, hey, it's completely the opposite way. Divine presence first, then liberty and freedom that comes with that presence, and then transformation. Transformation that comes from God entering into your heart, into your life, into your circumstances. That is why Christianity is such good news, is that it begins with God appearing, God coming, God visiting his divine presence. And so for anyone who exercises heart hospitality towards Jesus, have you exercised heart hospitality towards jesus it's opening your heart to him when that happens he brings by his divine presence the freedom and the liberty to be different people and transformation lasting transformation begins and we become slowly and surely more and more like jesus Love, joy, we'll go on to the next slide and probably the next one also. Let's see, okay, let's just stop right there. Had it struck you yet? This is Jesus. You want to understand what love, joy, peace, and all the way to self-control? This is Jesus. You read the Gospels, and this is Jesus. This is a description of what Jesus is like. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit of Jesus. I'd like to suggest that there are three partners on the path to maturity. We'll go on to the next next slide. Three essential guides, three teachers, three partners, basic resources, call them what you want. But these are essentials on the path to maturity. Parentheses. Yes, Christians can go wrong. Yes, Christians can be out in left field. Yes, Christians make mistake. Yes, Christians can deform the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in his Goodness, God has given us these three partners very quickly the scriptures, the inspired scriptures. They teach us truth, but oh, so much more than that. Scriptures, the Bible teaches not just truth, but how to live the truth. Amen. I'm so excited when I open the scripture and I know it's about God not teaching me truth, but teaching me how to live, how to receive, how to be transformed by that truth. I need the scriptures. How is your Bible reading these days? How is your Bible studying these days? Maybe you say, I'm coming to this series in September. I forget the date. I want to learn. There's a way to do it. How is your Bible meditation going? How are you meditating the fruit of the Spirit? I've been meditating 522, this verse now, for, for months. I'm, you can't imagine how glad I am to preach this morning. I'm like giving birth here. <laughs> I need to get this out. Meditation, just, just taking a simple verse or a few words and just leaving that create life in you that you, hey, you've got to share this. You've got to get it out. We need the scriptures. Are you proactive in your relationship with the Bible? Or are you waiting? Let's see what Dom Rousseau, has text this morning. Or are you proactive in saying, I will read, study, meditate the word of God. Yes, I'm president of l'École de Théologie Évangélique du Québec. And yes, we have courses in English also. And yes, this semester, we have an English course called Preaching. So, if you want... To move Dom off this stage. (laughs) That might be a place to start. It'll be easy to move me off. You don't need to come to A-Tech for a course. But what I'm saying is be proactive in learning about the scriptures and about how to live your faith. And a school can be part of that total picture. Secondly, there's the church, the community of believers. This is crucial if we're going to grow in maturity. Because we can't do it on our own. The church is a community composed of humble brothers and sisters who watch out for each other. That's pretty simple. We all carry the common responsibility of watching one another. Theologically, we call that the priesthood of all believers. Of all believers. We carry the responsibility of building up the body, of standing up before God for my brother, for my sister. In addition, every church has men or women who have the gift of teaching. And they have a specific ministry also within the church. Scripture is not law, it's grace it's truth. The church is not law either. The church is there to give life. Scripture is there to give life and not to impose and to be a law. So what state is your community living in this morning? Sure, it's important to find a church and with even many of you, you know, I say, what do you like about the 180? Oh, I was in this church before, et cetera, et cetera. It's important to find a church where you're, you know, you're in line with the convictions of the church, with the theology of the church, with the emphases and values of the church. It's important to find a church where you say, this, I think, is what the church should be like. But more important than it than any of that is to live as a church of Jesus Christ to be in community and relationships. And maybe there's something in our confession of faith that you're not too sure about. But rather than walking out, God is calling us to live together on this path to reach maturity. And finally, the Holy Spirit. This is what our text is about, but the fruit of the Spirit. So, yes, the Scriptures, yes, the Church, and yes, the Holy Spirit. How are you... And he doing? <laughs> How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit these days? It's crucial. Now, as important as the Scriptures are, as important as the church community is, they will get us nowhere in, on the path of maturity without the freedom and the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. Does he indwell you does he fill you? Does he have the freedom to produce in your life what's important to him? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and yes, self-control. So being a Christian on your own is a contradiction in turn. We need the Word of God, we need the people of God, and we need the Spirit of God. Maybe today, you would say, I'm not a Christian. Well, if you say it, I'm not going to argue with that. You're probably right. And there's some people here this morning who are following us online who are not Christians. You know it very well, you haven't committed your life to following Jesus. But you're here this morning. (laughs) You've dropped in, maybe more than once, and somewhere, somehow, this is for you this morning. And I think the reason, in particular, that it may be for you is that you need to hear, you non-Christian, you need to hear that Christianity has plenty deformed itself. And if there's any hope that one day you'll say yes to Jesus, make sure you're saying yes to the Jesus, to the Scriptures, to the Church, as we find them in the Gospels, in the New Testament. This morning is for you. Let's go on to the next slide. Because you and I, we cannot live up to Christian standards. And if you've understood that becoming a Christian would be to live up, to be able to kind of get up there, then you've heard wrong. Not by my strength, not by yours, not by my good intentions. That is not only a huge detour to living a victorious and mature life, it is a dead end. Transformation, maturity, is the work first and foremost, first and foremost, of the Spirit of God at work in you. It's a life that Jesus manifested 2,000 years ago. And that's why you're invited to meet Jesus, to begin with divine presence, and let him do in your life what you can never, you'll never be able to do yourself. But the fruit of the Spirit. Let's go on to the next slide. You can see that I just, I, this slide keeps coming up like in my mind all the time, <laughs> all the time. It is our focus this morning. Let's now focus on self-control because you were saying, no, he's unable to get there. He's not controlling this message at all. He's hardly <laughs> talked about self-control and you are right. <laughs> I'm leaving very little time to talk about self-control. First of all, even before we get really to self-control, Peter, I'd like, next slide. We need to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is always interpersonal. It's not a fruit that grows in my life, in my back room, or in my closet, on my knees, as important as that is. It's interpersonal fruit. You see, love, joy, peace, forbearance, guys, it has all to do with how I relate to you and how you relate to me. Not just the self-control part, but the whole thing, the whole fruit of the Spirit. So this kind of maturity, we will only see it, experience it, be blessed by it, and bless others with it if we are in relationship with one another. The fruit of the Spirit is relational. Now when Paul gives us this nine expressions sometimes we say nine fruits of the spirit or nine expressions of the fruit of the spirit whatever you have nine there let me suggest and i can't give a bible verse to support this i'm suggesting take it as you want this morning that paul isn't really taking us through a checklist how are you doing with love and then how are you doing in the air of joy give yourself a score And how are you doing in the area of peaceful relationships all the way down? How are you doing with self-control? And then if you check all that off, then, whew, you got the fruit. I'm suggesting that Paul here is just taken away with describing what a person who leaves the Holy Spirit produce fruit in his life will look like. This is a portrait of the kind of people you like to hang around with. <laughs> it's a portrait. I think Paul could, because I look, I look at these nine and say, Paul, you forgot. Look, I, there's at least five or six other things that go into there. But I think Paul just stops after t- nine, and he would say to us, do you, get, do you get what I'm getting at? The kind of person you want to be, the kind of person God wants you to become is something like this it's a portrait it's not exhaustive of what a person looks like who's pleasing to god and guess what pleasing to others now you know people that you just love to be with they're pleasing the odds are that this list kind of gives a good idea of what kind of people they are right not that we shouldn't hang around with people that are not like this because they need you to be like this for them. But it sure is great to be around these kind of people. And Paul knows that Galatians need these kind of people in their lives. Spirit-filled, fruit-producing by the Spirit of God. Because he said, for the entire law is accomplished just in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he gives this list. of the, So can you see this is how you love your neighbor? He says the fruit spirit is love. And, and probably everything that follows is like, you get what I mean? This is love. And he ends with self-control. Self-control. Controlling your own passions, your own desires. Why? Because of others of others, because of your love for others. If I'm a mature person like this, you know, people want to hang around with you. You might have to give appointments. <laughs> Are people wanting to hang around with you? Do they feel built up, encouraged in their humanity and in their faith when they hang around with you? And in particular, Self-control is is not someone who lacks, in important ways, self-control typically is hard to hang around with those those people. When I am with Galatians 5.22 people, guess what? I am encouraged to take a next step in my life. I'm encouraged to do a 180 in my life. Those people build me up and help me to grow in maturity. And self-control is one of the expressions of the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control. Whatever area you're struggling with, in the area of self-control, I've got my areas and you've got your areas. And we can think of all kinds of areas. That, that We always can't do that this morning. But I'm thinking, just, I'm thinking of the area of speech, <laughs> of, uh, of being able to control my speech, control when I intervene, control wanting to, to get my opinion in there. Having to say, just shut up, John. Just be quiet. Just listen. God has something for you. It might have to do with the area of money, of how you use your money, how consumerism has a hold on you. You've lost control over food, how you use your time. Etc., etc. There's so many areas, and the whole area of sexuality obviously is very present in the letter of Paul to the Galatians, and it needs to t- today. Self control controlling myself rather than wanting to control others <laughs> and circumstances. Self control maturity comes when I stop grabbing and leave others do the grabbing, <laughs> just leave them grab. Leave them, take it all for themselves. That is called self-control. Maturity comes when I decide to trust God rather than try to lead myself, trying to get it myself. Maturity comes when I let things happen, let things happen, just let things happen because I trust God is very much present and active in my life, in the other person's lives, too. Self-control, because I've given up the control. Very quickly, very briefly. Yes, we will conclude. Next, uh, next slide. Next slide. OK, just keep going. All right. Here we go. Self-control, depending on the Bible you have. Self-control is a term used in the NIV. You might read in your Bible, the ability to marshal and direct our energies. There's another way that the Greek word has been translated, because we're not reading Greek, we're reading English, so you got to find the best English word. The King James Version calls, not self-control, but temperance. Now temperance has come to relate a lot to drinking, and so it's kind of an old word you don't use anymore, so, but you might find that word in your translation, Continence. Wow, continence. Wow, holding myself back. I've worked in an old folks home, and I know what continence means. <laughs> okay, so but, in other words, there's all kinds of words that we could use. To you know, it, there's no perfect word. I like la maîtrise de soi in in French, obviously. Uh, let's go on to the next slide <coughs> very quickly. The Greek word we have here is really the word. Kratia. Kratia means power, okay? Kratia means power. Democracy has, is the power of the people, okay? Aristocracy, the power that resides in the elite. Autocracy is, uh, is just me. I've got it all, the power. <laughs> it's right here, it's me. I love the word procrast, same Greek word, proka- procrastination. I've got the power, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use it today. I'm just going to click on that clock, and I'm not going to use that power. I could get up. I could do this. I could clean up. I could study. I could prepare for... M- I'm going I'm I'm to prepare my message the Saturday night. <laughs> Procrastination. It's all about what, how power is exercised. Ocracy is when there's no, no power. Our word is ang and there's no English word, <laughs> that kind of just transliterates it. And that's the word that is translated, self-power. It's the power exercise into yourself, over yourself. It doesn't go out, this is the power that comes in. Next slide, very quickly. <clears throat> Remember Pythagoras? Yes, the Pythagorean theory. A squared plus B squared equals? Oh, my, you guys are good, but hey? This is the same guy, the mathematician, who said, no one is free who cannot command himself. And Thomas Akempi, a, a monk of the 14th century, no conflict is so severe as his who labours to subdue himself. Self-control. I, I love this other verse, Proverbs again. Better a patient person than a warrior. Do you believe that? Man. I, I've, I've got to be convinced. One with self-control, than one who takes it. We love the people. We love the warriors. We love those who take cities. Proverbs says we've got it wrong. All right. I do need to conclude here, and uh, we, will, we will do that. Let's just go on to the next uh, slide here, and we're going to go again to the next slide. I want to one more. Sorry about this. <coughs> Okay, you, you remember when Paul writes to the elders? Hey, when he writes to, the, to Titus. He's left Titus there to name elders in the church. And he says that those elders should have self-control. Because they're going to be managing the church, and if they can't manage, if they can't exercise encratia, power upon themselves, please... Don't make them elders, Titus. (laughs) They're not ready for it. Going on to the next slide, a lot of the New Testament speaks about self-control. I love this passage where Paul is arrested. He's in front of the governor, Felix. (laughs) And at at some point, he makes the governor very uncomfortable. The governor says, Okay, Paul, I've heard enough of you. I'm going. I'm going out to lunch. See you later, Paul. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment... righteousness, (laughs) self-control. And the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough. Jean-Martin, you shut up. I don't want to hear about the self-control anymore. You may leave. You may go. Maybe some of you are there. Time to leave. (laughs) You've heard enough. I'll send for you when I I, I need you. Let's go on to the next slide. Next slide. This is the last slide. So where do I go from here? Self-control. Yes, we've just barely touched self-control. My purpose wasn't going into depth in what self-control I, I think you guys and gals know what we're talking about. So where do we go from here? In fact, the whole message of but the fruit of the Spirit is is not to kind of say, oh, I hadn't thought about self-control. Oh, is that what gentleness is? Oh, is that what forbearance is? I didn't know. No, it's not about the what of the fruit of the Spirit. It's about the how. It's the fruit of the Spirit of God. That's how we'll get to where we want to get. And that's where we will grow in self-control. When spirit-control Takes over. Rethinking maturity does not mean that I no longer control anything. I give it all over to the Spirit of God. It'd be easy to conclude that, right? And it doesn't mean either that, okay, self control. I've got it now. I've got the control. The self is in control of the self. I'm amazed that this verse has this word self control. Because, in fact, you could easily argue that it's spirit control that this is all about and not self-control. But Christian maturity emphasizes both. First, the Spirit of God. He bears the fruit in your life. And by His grace, you will grow in self-control. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we recognize that without you, without the Son Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, we will not be like Jesus. We thank you for Scripture. Oh, give us a heart and a passion to read, to study, to meditate, to be transformed by this life-giving truth. And thank you for a church, whatever church, here are the 180. Oh, God, that we would really be part of the church, that we would live the church, but especially, oh God, we we beg for a greater intimacy with your Holy Spirit, and we want to grow in self-control. Lord, you know, the specific area in each one of our lives, you've already put the finger on it, and we want to bring that up to you now and ask that you would take over that you would fill each one of us so that whatever the lack of self control in that area of our lives was seeking to get would no longer be our desire. Because of your presence, you're growing fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.